This is Calm and Cozy, episode 67. You're listening to the Calm and Cozy podcast, a show about learning to love sleep, focusing on rest, finding relief from insomnia, and making time for self-care. I'm your host, Sleep Coach Beth. Hi friends, it's Sleep Coach Beth here with another sleepy and slightly sarcastic episode of the Calm and Cozy podcast. Today I'm chatting with myself about frustrating questions I'm asked as a sleep coach, why it's impossible to fix people's sleep during a 30 second conversation, and the advice I would give these people if they actually stayed in the conversation long enough to hear my answers. So the other day, I'm having a conversation with two friends. One asked, so what's new with you? Which is a question I usually dread because the answer is, "Uh, not too much. But then sometimes there's so much to say that I'd just rather say nothing. Well, this time I had a fun answer. So I told her about my book and she wanted to know more. It's called The Calm and Cozy Book of Sleep. It's gonna be in bookstores in a few weeks. It's kind of a compilation of all my best stuff, and it's a really decorative book. I'm really excited. Well, the other friend interjects. If I read your book, will it fix my sleep? Oh, I stood there for a moment, kind of taken aback by the question. Then I formulated my response. Well, that depends on you and if you apply what you've learned. He went on to tell me that he regularly wakes up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, but then he can't fall back asleep, so he goes to the basement to play in his computer for a few hours. There were several things I had to say about that, but before I could give my two cents, the conversation was over and they were gone. It's not unusual for someone to ask a big sleep question and then end the conversation abruptly. I guess the correct answer to if I read your book, will it fix my sleep was supposed to be, yeah, it will. But that's not the kind of answer that I can give to anyone. I want to talk about this and the other common questions that I'm asked as a sleep coach. The most frustrating questions that I'm asked are from people who ask serious sleep questions in passing. They're not the people who are sitting across from me at a table, we're eating a meal, and they're really interested in what I have to say. They're not coaching clients who have admitted that they need to make some changes and are ready to work with me to make it happen. They're usually people who are eavesdropping on a conversation or interrupting a story I'm telling to get a quick question in. And the question's always very broad, requiring a longer, more detailed response than they are ever going to be ready to receive. It starts with a statement like, I sleep terribly, or I don't sleep at all, which is impossible because they wouldn't be alive, and then finishes with a question like, can you fix it? No, (laughs) I can't fix your sleep, but you can try. Sleep is complicated, and it's mysterious. There will never be one thing I can tell you that will fix everything. There's likely going to be a number of techniques and habit changes that you're going to need to apply long-term to improve your sleep. 
interrupting my conversation with someone else to ask for one solution to your lifelong sleep problem shows me you're not willing to put the time and the work in. You're looking for a magic pill that you can take before you go back to your unhealthy bedtime routines. Here is real life example number one. I'm sitting in the living room, chatting with person one, and person two yells from the kitchen. I've been meaning to ask you, I sleep terribly and you're a sleep coach, what should I do? As I begin to speak my response, person number two interrupts with, sorry, just a sec, I'm making myself a cappuccino, do you want one? I look at the time. It's quarter to nine in the evening. Uh, no thanks, I respond, wondering if the question was a joke or not. Uh, caffeine keeps me awake. Person number two, the one who doesn't sleep, says, Oh, caffeine doesn't affect my sleep at all. Uh, what just happened here? You admitted there's a problem, asked for help with that problem, and then simultaneously became the expert on what the problem is or isn't, shutting me down from giving you my advice. Don't be a person too. Real life example number two. Person who regularly doesn't turn off their light to go to bed until 3 a.m. complains to me the next day that they don't sleep well. Um, well, it's probably because your body clock is way out of whack and needs to be reset. Why don't you try gradually going to bed earlier so that you can sync your body clock with the natural timing of the sun and then go to bed at a time that makes you wake up feeling refreshed? Nah, I don't like going to bed early. I'm a night owl. Hmm. Seems to be working well for you. Real life example number three. Person who stays awake all night asks me why they can't sleep. If you're never actually getting into your bed and turning off the light and then closing your eyes, you're never going to fall asleep. Silence and blank stares. These are the types of conversations I have regularly with people, and it's incredibly frustrating. If you enjoy your evening routine, and you know that it's not healthy, and it's likely affecting your ability to sleep, and you're not willing to give it up, great! Do that thing and enjoy it, but at least own it. Complaining about your poor sleep to everyone around you is not helping, and it's probably annoying for them to listen to. It's annoying for me to listen to. I have enormous respect for people who can say, look, I have this problem, but I also don't want to give up this unhealthy habit that I think is causing the problem. Okay, cool. I think we all have something we can say that about. I mean, I can say the same thing about cheese. Dairy is my favorite food group. I love it so much that I actually call it a food group. I like cream in my coffee, cheesecake is my favorite dessert, I put feta in all my salads, and Kawartha Dairy Chocolate Peanut Butter Ice Cream is the only ice cream I will perform dog tricks for. I know for a fact that consuming dairy products is causing my runny nose. I know that because years ago I cut dairy out of my diet for a consistently long amount of time and all of my allergy symptoms disappeared. I am not willing, at this point in my life, to cut dairy products out of my life. They make my food taste better, and they bring joy into my life. 
knowing all of this to be true, I will never start a conversation with a nutritionist or a dietitian or a naturopath that begins with, oh, my allergies have been terrible. Ask for them to fix it. And then when they suggest dropping dairy from my diet, say, uh, no, I'm not doing that. That conversation would be a waste of time for everyone involved. Eating cheese causes my runny nose, and that's the trade-off for me. If drinking a cappuccino at 9 o'clock at night is a habit that you don't want to give up, well, that's the trade-off. Own it. I don't understand why people get so defensive when I suggest that they try something different. If this major aspect of your life needs help, at least admit that there's probably something you can change to improve it. It doesn't make you weak, it just makes you human. The truth about poor sleep is there are likely a number of habit changes that can be made to improve it. It's also possible that your sleep is being affected by an external source like medication, other health issues, or mental health issues. In these cases, there are still small changes that you can make in your daily and nightly routines that can help, but you need to see a professional about it. Your family doctor, a sleep doctor, a therapist. Get the help you need to find the cause of your unhealthy sleep. Be willing to work together with someone to find solutions. Don't just expect to be fixed. So, to answer the question, will reading my book or listening to my podcast or reading my blog fix your sleep? Nope. But it can give you the guidance that you need to start making some small but important changes. And those small changes can eventually add up to the big life-changing results that you're looking for. So now I want to go back to those real-life examples and tell you what I would have told them if given the chance. To the guy who gets up to pee then goes down to play on his computer because he can't fall asleep, first, try leaving a few hours before your last drink and going to bed. This might keep you from having to get up to use the bathroom. Next, stop seeing getting up to pee as the catalyst for ruining your whole night. He's most likely letting himself get frustrated every time it happens. He's telling himself, ah, now I'm not going to be able to fall back asleep. And he's likely giving up trying to fall back asleep a lot earlier than he should because he's in the habit of going downstairs to his computer. He might even have a project that he's anxious to continue working on from last night. It's a habit he claims he doesn't like, but he's probably so used to it that it's his default bedtime routine and he probably secretly likes it. If he were to get up to pee and then go back to bed without making an issue about how he's going to fall back asleep, it would happen naturally because he's relaxed and just expecting sleep to happen. It's not usually your body that prevents you from falling back asleep. It's usually your brain. Don't let your brain get into that negative cycle of, ah, now I won't be able to go to sleep. That's the definition of insomnia, stressing out about not sleeping, which prevents you from sleeping. Get up, do your thing, then tell yourself you can't wait to get back to your cozy bed. Snuggle in under the blankets, let out your happy sigh, 
close your eyes and focus on something that you can control, like your breath entering and exiting your nostrils. When thoughts come into your head, let them go and return to your breath. And be okay with lying in bed without being asleep. Stay in your bed and don't give yourself the option to leave to do something else because that's what you're going to focus on. Practice being in bed and making sleep and rest your only current project. Now for the person who says she doesn't sleep as she's drinking her 9 p.m. coffee. She needs to admit that there is a direct link between her actions and her sleep. It's scientifically proven that half the caffeine in a drink stays in the system for several hours. It's also scientifically proven that caffeine affects the nervous system. A human who is immune to science has not yet been found, so it's safe to say cutting caffeine out of her evening routine would be the first step to finding the cause of her poor sleep. I would tell her, drink your cappuccino in the early afternoon when there's a natural dip in energy and enjoy it. Make it your afternoon treat and then no caffeine for the rest of the day. I'm not saying everything would be great if she cut out her evening coffee because maybe there's another issue there, but it's the obvious solution at this time and it should be explored. If someone is complaining about their sore eye while poking it with a stick, the obvious solution is to stop poking your eye with the fucking stick. You couldn't then say, oh, I hope you have a good solution because this stick poking doesn't bother me at all. Was that a terrible example? I don't care. It was fun. When cutting back on caffeine, give it several weeks before deciding if it does or doesn't work. Give your body time to get used to its new normal. To the night owl who wants to improve his sleep, it sounds like your identity is wrapped up in your night owl status and it's time to let that go. If it's not serving you, you don't have to hang on to it, but it is going to take some time to change your internal body clock. So start slow. Go to bed a little earlier every night and then cut back on your screen time as bedtime approaches. Dim the lights an hour before bed and do things that make you sleepy. Do not just go from a bedtime of 3 a.m. to a bedtime of 10 p.m. in one day. That's setting yourself up for disaster and disappointment. Do it gradually, maybe a half hour or an hour a night. The goal is to eventually feel sleepy as the sun is setting and then waking up naturally as the sun is rising. Our body clocks are pretty amazing. To the guy who never actually turns off the light, gets into bed, and closes his eyes, turn off the lights, get into bed, and close your eyes. You can't sleep if you're never actually setting yourself up to fall asleep. Try going to bed for a month, and then we'll talk. I can't help you if you won't help yourself. If you think I might have a sassy solution to your current sleep problem, (laughs) my book, The Common Cozy Book of Sleep, is out in just a few weeks. The publisher told me today that the books have arrived and that they're being shipped. So don't forget to register for my book club slash coaching group 
where all you have to do to get free coaching from me is buy the book and then join the private Facebook group. Go to sleepcoachbeth.com to get the book and register for the book club. Well, that's it for me. Thanks as always for listening. Sleep well and stay cozy. And to my mom who listens to my podcast every night as she falls asleep. Good night, mama.